Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. talk about the archer, God Almighty being the archer, and we're the era of life today, and God has aimed us, and he has propelled us into society, into existence, and uh, we're going to talk about integrity, not of the bow today, not of the archer today, but of the era today. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about live 10. It's a, it's a process that we're hope, hopefully going to get into that'll help and strengthen and bless your life and make your life be abundant. Would you like to have an abundant life? Would you like to live the abundant life? Wouldn't that be great? I have a friend named John Maxwell who, who does uh, uh, motivational speaking to church groups and to secular groups. And John Maxwell talks about uh, people, you know, I was talking about shooting somebody with this arrow. But John Maxwell talks about people that when he used to pastor in San Diego, he would go out to the golf course and he would put a name of a person that was driving him crazy on a golf ball. And then he would drive it as far as he could and deep as he could into the woods so he could get that person out of his mind. And one day, (laughs) there you go, and one day he went out and this guy was driving him literally up up a wall. And so he put that boy's name on that golf ball and hit it out there. He hit a tree and came right back to his feet. (laughs) He said, there's some people you just can't get rid of in your life. So we're not trying to rid people today, but we're going to teach to you. We're going to give you something here today. And then at the end of service, we're going to dedicate some young'uns today. How about that? We're going to dedicate some babies today. Uh, I think we have about 15. I would ask you to be kind enough to stay with us and to uh, honor that because it will be a tremendous honor of our part to dedicate perhaps your kids today in this house. And so... That will not take long, but we're going to preach the gospel. Would you stand to your feet today? You're awesome people. It's a delight to see all of you. Thank you so very much. You see this man right here? Justin, wave your hand right here. See this man right here? Wednesday night, I taught a Bible study on the Holy Spirit, and I had Ronnie Coleman and Corey Matthews up here. Ronnie Coleman is Mr. Olympia for eight years, and he looks like, he looks like he's about to burst. He's so muscle-bound. This is the guy that used to run me through the ringer. He was the one that I fought the Battle of the Bulge with right here. Justin was my trainer for a number of years, and he didn't, he didn't take a liking to me out there. He loves me in church, but he didn't take a liking to me at the, at the, at the, at the gym, and so he, he worked me out good, and, and I, made, I, made a, I made a mistake of saying, this is what I looked like when I was 43 years old. I was showing those guys, and they, are, they were absolutely built to, to no end. I wish I had pictures of them today, and then I could show you what I look like in my 40s. But those days are gone, and Justin's just a faint memory. He's a, still a member of the church. He's a faint memory of how he used to run me until my tongue hung out. I'm enjoying eating pecan pie and chocolate pie now. Thank you very much. <laughs> real joy. I love you. Live 10. Look up here and say, Pastor, Pastor. preach the word today. Let it touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Preach the word today. Let it touch my mind. Let it change my mind. Pastor, preach the word today. Let me leave here 
a better person than what I was when I came in. Amen. Now turn around and give somebody a high five and you may be seated. God bless you. I will not be lengthy today. God bless you. What a beautiful crowd today. Give it up for yourself because you're, a, you're in the house today. Give it up for yourself. I made it to church today. I got to church today. So on a fulfillment scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your life? Let's get serious. Let's define that 10. 10 is defined by the promise of Jesus in John 10.10. 10. John 10 and 10, the New Living Translation says, The thief's purpose is to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Or as the message translation states, I came so they can have real and eternal life, a more and better life than they ever dreamed of. So what's the promise of Jesus in John 10 and 10? His promise is life in all its fullness or a more and better life than you ever dreamed of. So how, pastor, in the world can I live more and better life than I ever dreamed of? The answer is quite simple, yet I think it's very profound. And here's the answer. The answer is that we live a more and better life than we ever dreamed by living the life God dreamed for us. Not what we dreamed that we hope God can get involved in, but what God dreamed for us. When I talk about rating our lives on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm talking about getting connected to God's dreams for our life in his world. And I believe that that's the secret of true fulfillment in life. I'm not talking about a mere happiness scale or a comfort scale or a money scale or a stuff scale. I'm talking about a fulfillment, really true fulfillment in life where you can exhale and say, wow, that was a God thing. And we can only have fulfillment if we live the life that God planned for us to live, really. Living a 10 life means living the life that God dreamed for you. Now, The word sin in the New Testament literally means to miss the mark. Sin means to miss the mark. Sin equals missing the mark. Imagine your life as an arrow. Imagine your life as this arrow. And God aims this bow that he has because he is the supreme archer of life. And this is, let's see see how this goes. You can tell I do this often. And God put you in this beautiful position. And he draws back the bow because he is the supreme archer of life. And he, he launches your life. He sends you out. Launched out to do something for him. He aims your life to hit a specific mark. He has dreams for you. He has plans for you. He has purposed you to penetrate what we call your area of destiny. Life's bullseye. That's what God has aimed you for. But you, as any era does, has something to say about the trajectory of the flight. Because many, many marksmen, many archers cannot detect perhaps just a simple little bend in the arrow. Perhaps just a little simple missing of something that would cause the arrow to fly unconventional. The arrow shape is the determining factor. 
in the way it travels through the air. And the arrow has something to say about where it eventually lands. Now, please understand, I do believe that all of us, all of us need to participate in the fullness that God has for us. But God chose in his sovereignty to decide that we decide after he shoots us where we're going to land. See, I believe that we are predestined. I believe the church is predestined. I believe that grace makes us predestined. We're aimed towards certain end, but God gives us the freedom, hear me now, to choose whether or not we fulfill what he's predestined us to become or our God-aimed destiny, which is to say then that it's a sin to miss the mark that God has us aimed toward in our lives. Say amen. This, in fact, missing the mark is the root of all other sin. A lot of times we talk about sins such as things that we should have done or things that we shouldn't have done, perhaps omission, the commission of life. But the fact, the root cause of all the stuff that we're not living life fully is because we are not hitting the target of the destiny that God has in our life. And to not live the life we're destined to live is a sin. And to not live the life God dreamed for us is a sin. So a 10 life is about getting up every day and fully, would you say fully, fully. embracing your destiny that God has planned in your life. It's about living life fully. It's about living a life that God made you to live. And I believe that every, with every fiber in my being that we as people of God can live a 10. Well, I've got three people. Maybe we can live a seven. Can I get an amen for a seven? We can live an eight. We can live a nine. We can live a 10. Amen. That's the life that God has purposed us to live. So we're going to take the end of this month, which is today, and then the first three Sundays in March. And next Sunday, next Sunday is a very special day because I am going to set, I'm going to set some marks. I'm going to set some things. I'm going to shoot the arrow next week. We're going to talk about some things in life that are very important. We're going to talk about limitless possibilities living in my own limitations. Limitless possibilities living within my own limitations. I believe that God wants us to have limitless possibilities living within our own limitations. There is nothing, you hear me right now, that God cannot do through us. If we can dream it and believe it, we can make it happen in the name of the Lord. Amen. We can make it happen. Amen. Amen. So we're going to take a journey that includes a four-week series. We're going to do this for four weeks, and next Sunday is a very important week. You've got to be here next Sunday. We're, we're going to concentrate, pardon me, on fasting and prayer beginning next Sunday. We're going to have home devotionals about the life God intended us to live. I challenge each of you to journal through these four weeks. Would you do that? Just say, Pastor, I'm going to journal. I have a journal on my desk, and my journal has, has uh, Jeremiah 29 and 11 on it. For I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. And I know the end that I want you to have in your life. And God wants us to be successful. And he wants us to live the abundant life. And he wants us to live 10. He wants us to live the life that he has planned for us. Amen. But I'd ask you to journey. Because 
I'm going to put this on the screen. You got big dreams for 2014. Don't just think them, ink them. My wife and I was on a trip just recently, and we, we sat down and wrote our bucket list for 2014. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it, it may come from a movie, but it's all right. Bucket lists are important. So we wrote spiritual things. Well, we want to do spiritual. Three things that we want to do spiritual in our life. Then we wrote three things that we want to see done in our physical life. Things that me, places me we want to go, things I may want to do, things she may want to do. And we wrote them down. Because when you write them down, you remember that God placed them in your heart when you were in that private moment. And you believe that if you write it down, God can help it be fulfilled in your life. Put it on your refrigerator. Amen. Jim Rohn, who is a self-help guru, was once asked, why do you spend $50 on a book that has nothing but blank pages? And Jim Rohn said, because I intend on filling it with ideas and information that will make it worth much more than $50. His journal had one line, had a line offering a reward if found in return. And the reward was $50 per month, which means if you stole his book and kept it for a year, he'd give you $600. Amen. But he wrote stuff like this. Don't wish it were easier in your life. Wish you were better. He wrote stuff like this. If you don't like how things are, change it. You're not a tree. That's Jim Rome. I'm just reading it, folks. Okay, don't get mad at the messenger. The few who do are the envy of the many who only watch. Then he wrote, success is doing ordinary things extraordinarily well. Now... Here's what I want to tell you. I want, I want you to, I want you to do something. I'm going to give you, I'm going to introduce three words to you in just a moment, but I want to give you something in your life today that you'll walk out of here and say, wow, that man fired me up. I'm ready to go against any football team in America. I'm ready to challenge any office in America. I'm ready to go out and do things for God, for the kingdom of God in my life. I'm ready to get out of this rut living. I'm ready to get out of this separate lifestyle of I go to church and all my friends live in the world and I'm not making any inroads on them and, and I'm not doing anything for them. I'm ready to start living the 10 life. I'm ready to start living the life that God wanted me to live. Would you clap your hands if you'd like to hear the word of the Lord today? Just clap your hands. Rejoice with me. So here's, here's, the, here's the first thing I want to give you, three words. The first word is a word I call adventure. I want to tell you something. When God gets in your world and you start walking in his world, he's going to take you on adventure. I got a, I got a pic here I want to show you. It's, uh, it's simply Indiana Johnson, okay? When, when my son-in-law showed me that, that's the ugliest man. That's why I don't grow a beard right there, because that's ugly. That smile was four years ago when I got my Thunderbird on my birthday right after Christmas, and I was sitting in my Thunderbird. He took that picture of me smiling, that big old smile, because I had gotten that, that 2005 Thunder Chicken, and I, I, I just, I'm so happy I drove it to church today. That's Indiana Johnson. So... We're going to go on a, on a trip today. Not Indiana Jones, but Indiana Johnson is going to take you on a trip today. It seems to me that most people strive real hard, put all their focus on living safe, predictable lives. We're designed to partner with God, folks, and actualize his dream. See, here's the thing. We want God to get into our world, and God is saying, hey, I made you. You need to get into my world. This thing about getting God to fit into your plans has got to be rearranged. You've got to fit your small schedule into his big schedule. 
because God is on top of everything. God is for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? He created us. And he wants you to live the life he has designed for you today. So we're invited into God's life. And his life is a very, very interesting life. But it will involve risk. It's going to involve sacrifice. And it may involve a little pain. See, he created the world and humanity with outrageous Because he said, I am the Lord and I change not. So he will have in the end what he planned in the beginning. This is his dream. Everybody say his dream. And it's his dream to get us involved in his dream. In fact, he's saying to us, come with me. Get involved in my life. Get involved in what I'm doing. Join me in my great adventure. I would tell you the first thing that would be very apropos is to be at church all the time. Come on, get involved. Do you know the Lord is with us right now? He's meeting with us here right now. And I know he meets you at his house. But the Bible said, forsake not the assembling yourselves together as the manner is some is, the more so as you see the day approaching. In other words, when you understand that we're living in the end time, it's a good thing to get up on Sunday morning and come to the house of the Lord. It's a good thing to walk in the house of the Lord and say, I will rejoice in the God of my salvation today. I want to go on this adventure. There's a, there's a documentary that, that uh, was out, and it was about a man called Man on Wire, and it was on August 7, 1974, there was a young Frenchman named Philippe Petit who illegally rigged between the Twin Towers, which were still up and standing in lower Manhattan, and he did this in order to walk on a wire. The tower stood 1,400 feet off the ground. There he is, about 150 feet from one another, and this guy spent basically everything he had got him some of his culprits, some of his buddies, and they gathered these people together, and they avoided the security of the Twin Towers and somehow got up there, and they quickly rigged this wire between the North and South Towers. And then this guy got out, Felipe Petit, got out on this wire and danced on it for almost an hour. He danced on the wire. Goofy. You know, a lot of things can be said about it, and I've already said one, and that's enough. But what really strikes, striking is this guy, when they took pictures of him, got film of him, he had this expression on his face like, wow, this is it. Not, oh, God, it's 1,400 feet to my death. This is living. So when they finally got him to come down, because the authorities never would go up and get him, They arrested him, put him in psychological evaluation and released him and then interviewed him and they asked, what were you doing? What were you thinking? Why were you dancing? And why were you so happy? He simply said, because I was doing something that I believe I was made to do. I'd like to ask you today, I'm not asking you to go out and run a NASCAR today. I'm not asking you to go out and do something frivolous and out of your mind today. I'm just saying, are you happy with what you're doing in your life today? Or have you squeezed God out of your program and not got into God's program and allowed yourself to just kind of go through life? 
just kind of show up at work, just kind of show up at home, just kind of live in the same house with a wife and kids and really not have the love that is there? Or would you like today to go on an adventure and say, you know what, I'm climbing out of my world and I'm going to get in his world and I'm going to start doing what God wants me to do. And I want to be as happy as Felipe Petit on a wire. I want to have a sublime look on my face and say, this is what I'm supposed to be doing in my life. The most meaningful times in my life have been when I have stepped out in faith to do things that appeared to be just a little bit crazy. Some of the messages that I've preached, I thought, God, they'll never come back. And I've gotten more phone calls that week and said, Pastor, you preached to us that week like you've never preached before. You preached like a crazy man, like a man possessed. And I thought, that's what it was. (laughs) And I'm feeling that unction today to tell you it's time to take an adventure with Almighty God in your life. There's nothing as beautiful as being out on a crazy place that you know God has called you to. In the movie The Hobbit, anybody see it? Well, this is, you folks are really excited today. <laughs> Gandalf, there he is, the old man, appears at Bilbo's front door and he says, I'm looking for someone to share in an adventure that I'm arranging. And it's very difficult to find anyone. And Bilbo replies, the little short guy, I should think so in these parts. We're plain, quiet folk and have no use for adventure. Nasty, disturbing, uncomfortable things makes you late for dinner. I can't think of anybody, what anybody sees in him. Then Bilbo waited for Gandalf to go away. And if you saw the movie, he didn't go away. But the old man didn't move. And Bilbo became a little cross and a little angered at it. And finally, Bilbo, who got up and started walking around and he couldn't get Gandalf to leave, he said, "What? we don't want any adventures here. Thank you. You might try over across the hill or across the water. But as you know, Gandalf just kept standing and kept holding his own. And finally, Bill Bowl agreed to go look for this thing called a ring. Thank God. Or we would have lost some great movie opportunities (laughs) for your kids. I didn't see any of them. I was told about this story and liked it, so I used it. God is knocking at some of our doors. And he's saying, I'm inviting you to an adventure. Would you like to get involved in my world? I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I'm not just going to give you breath. I'm going to give you abundant life. I'm going to make the expression change on your face. I'm going to give you joy unspeakable and full of glory because my life, if it ever gets in your life, your life will never be the same again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the second word I want to throw out today is simply a word called image. Everybody say image. I want to talk about it. In order to discover the life that God dreamed for us, it's essential to go back to the beginning of the Genesis and rediscover God's original design and purpose for humanity. See, John 10 and 10, the part where Jesus said, I have come, I want to give you a better life than you've ever dreamed of. I've come to give you abundant life. That's the second part of John 10 and 10. The first part of John 10 and 10, Jesus is saying the thief comes to steal. Everybody say steal. Steal. To kill and to destroy. 
But, aren't you glad the Lord put a conjunction there? But I have come. The first part of John 10 and 10, it talks about what hell wants to take away. The second part of John 10 and 10 talks about what kind of life you can have when you get involved in his life. In life or the life in all the fullness that Jesus wants to give us is something that has been stolen. It's something that's been taken from us. Something that we had but we don't have anymore. So what did God mean for the people in the beginning? The most important thing to say about that in a short period of time is that God, listen now, in the beginning created people in his image because he wanted people to partner with him. So he didn't make us irregulars. He didn't make us aardvarks. He didn't make us non-fitters. He made us in his own image because he knew that when he created man and man stood up, even though he gave him the power to choose, he believed that man would choose to walk in the image and reflect the image of what created him in the beginning. And so God took this big risk. Now, it's a big thing to have been created in the image of God. And I think we need to have a sense of how, it, how much it matters. See, God's image, first of all, gives us dignity. Everybody say dignity. God's image, first of all, gives us dignity. Dignity is this thing called respecting one another. All right? I respect you. You respect me. We don't go through life saying, you know, I'm the only one that matters. I'm the only one that happens around here. Nobody else matters anything. I respect people. And if you don't have respect for people, if you don't have dignity, if you don't have love for other people, you don't have love for people that have more than you do and love for people that have less than you do, then you're missing the whole purpose. God's given us dignity today. Aren't you glad that we can walk through a world and say, you know what, no matter what you do to me, no matter how where you are in life, no matter what your social strength is I love you because God loves me and I'm walking in his image the second thing the second word I want to drop God's image gives us responsibility we have responsibility we really really do he didn't create us in his image so that we could stare in a mirror and say to ourselves wow I'm, I'm creating the image of God but then we say I hope God looks better than this now I want to tell you something there was a time there was a time back in when I got married 32 years ago to my wife, my precious wife, those pictures she posted made me say, wow, who's that good-looking man you married? Wow, he's a hunk of, hunk of, hunk of burning love. <laughs> and my wife said, wow, who's that girl you married? <laughs> Amen. But you know what? I stood in the mirror this morning. I didn't stand in the mirror to say to myself, wow, go get him, you bald-headed wonder. <laughs> I didn't do that. I stood in the mirror to see if all six of my hair were in place today. <laughs> and then I looked in that mirror and I realized something. That I am projecting the image of the God that created me. Of the God that put me on this earth. And it doesn't matter what I look like physically. What am I transmitting with my spirit? What am I giving away from my heart? What is in here? Do I have a responsibility to say, you know what, I don't look real good. No, 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 we may not look good physically, but there's something on the inside of us. There's something on the inside of us that is greater than anything we could ever speak, anything we could ever look like. It's called the image of God. My responsibility to share that image. And number three, God's 
God's image gives us capacity. Capacity. What is capacity? We have the capacity to do the things he's made us to do. In other words, there's room. There's space in our life that we can do the things that he has created us to do. Say amen. Amen. Genesis 2 and 8. You got to get this now. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put a man whom he had formed. He put man in the garden. He formed the garden, then he put a man in there. And in verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. So here's the thing. God made one perfect place on the earth. Are you with me? One perfect place. And he said, I'm going to put you in there. And what I want you to do is when you go in there, I want you to take care and make sure that the garden stays the way it's supposed to stay. I want you to take care of this beautiful thing that I have created. Now, the word create in the Hebrew, which is the original language in the Old Testament, has to do with the assignment of roles or functions and the fixing of destinies. So, in other words, he said, Adam and Eve, I'm giving you this role. I'm giving you an assignment. I want you to fix some destinies in your own life because I have shot you. I have, I have put you out, but you have to determine the trajectory of which you're, where you're going to go. And Adam and Eve had two trees, the tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which brought sin to everybody. And so what we're looking at here today is the fact that sin doth abound in the world today. Because Adam and Eve went to the wrong tree. The arrow hit the wrong tree. But where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. you got to understand, there is no temptation taken you. But such is common to man. But God will, with every temptation, provide a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. Can I get a witness from that right now? There is nobody here overrun by things, overrun by things because God Almighty said the thief does come to steal, to kill, and destroy. But hang on, boys and girls. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, what does that have to do with us? We know that the God image in humanity was defaced by sin. The Bible is very clear. Adam and Eve chose not to partner with God the way he wanted to be partnered with. And that means... That the God image was messed up. It was defaced. It was marred. But the Bible teaches that through Jesus Christ, those of us who believe in him and have been filled with the Holy Spirit, now living our lives and are experiencing a repairing of God's image where we are being restored to our full potential as human beings. Everybody say that's right. I'm going to give you a scripture, 2 Corinthians. I want you to read this when you get home. Chapter 3, verse 18, the NIV says, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness, watch this now, with ever-increasing joy or glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I want to I I paint a picture for you. When Moses was on the mountain with God, getting the, tabern, the, ta, the tabernacle plan, the tables of stone, getting the commandments and all that, when he came down one day, his face was so shining that he had to put a veil over his face. Are you with me? He had to put a veil over his face because people could not stand to look at him because the glory of the Lord was shining on him. But as he came down, it started going away and fading. And after a while, it had all faded away. But God said, because Jesus Christ has come to us, you may start at the bottom of the mountain, 
But I am not going to let your glory fade. I'm going to give you an ever-increasing. <laughs> I'm going to give you an ever-increasing glory. In other words, if you choose to sign on with the God factor today in your life, and you choose to let 2014 be a time that you're going to live 10 in God's kingdom, the more you walk with him, the more you're going to glow in the presence of God. The more you walk with him, it's not going to fade away. It's going to get ever-increasing in your life because God wants this church toward the end time to be greater than it's ever been in the 50s or 60s or 70s or 80s or 90s. He wants this church to have ever-increasing glory in it. That's what it's all about. So what he wanted Adam and Eve to do very quickly, he said, I want you to go into something beautiful and see what beauty looks like. Then I want you to take it out to the world and make the whole world look like the Garden of Eden. That's what I want you to do, Genesis 2 and 5. And they didn't do it. But God's given us a chance today in this last hour to partner with him. Everybody say partner with him. And the third word, and I close, is a word called create. Let's talk about create. Part of being created in the image of God means that we have God-given capacity and responsibility to continue God's creative activity. There is a writer, there's a theologian named James Sire, who's highly regarded, writes this, that human beings are created in the image of God, now watch this, and thus possess personality, say personality, say self-transcendence, say intelligence, thank God, say morality, say gregariousness, and say creativity. Wow, isn't that tough? Now, here's what I want to say. We know that God is transcendent and God is imminent. You know what transcendence means? It means he was outside of everything that he created. Because the creation is never greater than the creator. And so he's outside it. So a good way to proof text this is to walk out some night and look up at the stars and and if you've got, a, if you got a, a, a long-range telescope, look up at the planets maybe on a particular night, see a star falling, whatever you do, or go to a planetarium and see all this stuff on a wall, and then take you a big old chalk, a big old piece of chalk, and draw a circle all around that stuff that's on that wall. God's outside that circle. Do you think he's a big God or what? Do you think God's big or what? Come on. God's outside that circle. I'm telling you, you can't put God in that circle. But I, he's also imminent. And because he's imminent, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the circle. Because God said, I can change some of those things in that circle, but I need somebody to get in that circle for me. So Jesus Christ came and walked among us, and we beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And Jesus came and died for us, was buried, rose again, and now we have the impact of the fact that we can belong to the family of Jesus Christ. Because he came to where we were when we couldn't get to the God of glory. He came to us. And Jesus Christ fixed it now. What's, what God's saying is this. Watch this now. He's saying because I, you were made in my image, you have that transcendence and you have that eminence. You have that. Say, wow, that's big words, pastor. It really is. 
But what I'm saying is there's things in your own life. Watch this now. That you can draw a circle around and say, I can change that. There's things in your own life like your stomach. I can change that. (laughs) Now, I know I'm being funny with me, but some of you need to draw a circle around your head. Say, I can change those negative thoughts. Come on, let me preach to you. Some of you need to draw a circle around your heart. Say, I need to get out of that jealousy and that envy and that strife and that bitterness. Come on, I need to get out of this dysfunctionality of a family. You need to draw a circle around some things and say, I'm going to be, I'm going, I'm going to be something that God wants me to be. I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that in my life because I'm transcendent. Some of you need to really look at your whole family and your whole life and say, you know what? Our kids are not acting right and our family's not doing right and things are not going right in our family. Draw a circle around it. And say, we're going to change that. Do you realize, do you realize that one spirit-filled person in a family, one person that trusts God in a family can change a whole family? The Bible says, God sets, God sets the solitary. God sets this diamond against a black background and says, everything's going to look at you and they're going to see the sparkle that you have and they're going to be changed. I believe with all my heart that we are the missionaries, the image that God wants to create new possibilities in the world around us. So what are you saying, Pastor? I am saying that there are things that we can change in our own world. You know, many people look at themselves and say, there's nothing I can do about anything. Everything's this way. It's always been this way. I'm just a victim. Everything's a disease in my life. Forget it. Forget it. Let me say something. Let me just go ahead and say it. If you want to quit drinking, draw a circle around it and say, I can change that. If you want to quit being bound by tobacco, you need to just draw a circle around it and say, I can change that. Now, if you want to go ahead and die of cancer, that's all right. If you want to die of lung cancer, it's all right. But I'm telling you, this is not a spiritual thing I'm telling you. I'm just saying, if you want better health, you draw a circle around it and say, I can change that stuff in my life. I can make that change. If you want to have better morality, draw a circle around your morality factor and say, I'm going to change the kind of person that I've been and become the person that God wants me to be because he's creating something in me that I can live the 10 life. I don't want to make you mad here at the end, but I'm preaching to you right now. And then there's one more word. There's a little word called create in there. A little word called create, creativity. There are things that God wants you to create that's never been had, never been done. You say, well, pastor, you're getting way out now. Oh, no, I'm not. We're transcendent. See, I believe that there are songs that need to be written that's never been written. I believe that there's God-honoring businesses that could be started that's never been started. You with me? I believe that there are nonprofits that could work in Austin, Texas and go crazy in this town. Because this town needs some help of people that love people. Come on, let me preach to you. It's time that we quit saying, God, if you'll just get in my world and do this, do this, do this. Why don't we get in his world? 
why don't we go on an adventure with him? Why don't we understand we're made in his image? And why don't we start creating things in our world and say, you know what? We can do this. I believe that I can create sermons that I've never preached, never thought of in my life. I believe there's things to be created in my world that I've never created in my life. I believe there's things out there for me. I believe that God wants to help me. I believe that I am made in the image of God. No, I'm not God, but I'm going to partner with God. And God said, I could do these things. I can live the abundant life. I don't have to be stolen from and killed and destroyed. I can live abundantly with Jesus Christ in my life. I can do that. I can do that. Everybody say adventure. Adventure. Everybody say image. Image. Everybody say create. Create. Here we go. We're flying. We're flying. We're flying. Where are you going to land? Where are you going to hit? I want to be right here. I want to be right here. Because I don't need God to get on my program. I need to get on his program. And God Almighty told me to tell this church. This is a city-changing congregation. If we ever grasp living 10, it's city-changing. It's state-changing. God has placed me in some places I never dreamed I'd be placed in. But you know what? He's creating new, new avenues for me because I just said, God, put me out there and I'll go. Whatever you need to do, I'll go. I'll go. And I'm going. And God's blessing and God's using us. And I want to tell you something right now. Next Sunday, I'm going to be talking about we're going to expand this auditorium. We're going to expand this thing. We're going to seat more than two times this and hopefully in less than a year because this church has got a plan of action that God Almighty wants us to have going forward. You want to be a part of it? Clap your hands all over the house. You want to be a part of it? And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.